Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trimbicki. That's me. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. Ladies, ladies call, call him Balo. Yes, they Typically. do. That's what we've heard. Have you heard a woman call him Balo yet? Oh, in Sunday's. Quite often. <laughs> <laughs> Sundays in Kenneth. Christina Victory. Oh, I hope your girl's not listening to this, but Christina Victory, she might call him Balo. More than once. I love the idea of just real people out there in the world just starting to refer to him as Balo. Yeah, and sat- Saturday nights in Asbury Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we jump into the show, just weekly reminder, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Five-star ratings and reviews as well. Tell your friends to tell a friend. Give it a yes. listen. Uh, what did Alo say one week? I believe you quoted... Uh, <coughs> I think his name at the time was Puff Daddy, right? Yes. Not anymore, but at the time he actually... Well, who knows what it is anymore. Yeah. If it's, tell your friends. He's Bruce Pritchard. Get with our friends. If we could be friends. <laughs> we do this every weekend if you want. Yeah. Or at least every Wednesday. In our case, every mm-hmm. Wednesday night. Not all right with you? <laughs> yeah. Um... Roman and Seth, I have to just bring this up. Did you guys see the? Sh- you guys saw the Shield fist bump they did with the kid at the the yeah. live event. Yeah, that to me that was awesome. That was my favorite thing that happened in wrestling in the past week. Made that kid's life probably, and I must have seen it three or four times and just popped at the kid with his hand in the middle of the fist bump, just like nodding his head up and down. <laughs> <laughs> he was truly in the Shield at that moment, like in his mind. I'm one of the the hounds of justice right now. Uh, I loved it. I love that Seth called him back. And Seth, looking back at the kid, and then kind of, like, laughed. Like, Seth appreciated how great that was. I loved it. Anybody who hates Roman, like, find a new hobby, please. (laughs) I agree. I loved it. I don't know if you guys loved it as much as I did, but that was the first thing I put in my notes was that. I sent, so I typically know when the, the Mondays that I do get to watch Raw live, I know Aaron and Prep are usually watching it live. I know you're not. So I usually send a different group text. And I said something, I think it was during the backstage segment with Roman and Corbin. I think there was more than one backstage segment with Roman this past Monday. But it was like the first one that goes off. I sent a text. I was like, if these backstage promos don't get Roman over, nothing will. Because honestly, I won't say wrestling, but WWE-wise... Roman's backstage segments are the best thing in WWE right now between Raw and SmackDown. I think they've done a much better job the way they present him. And the unfortunate part is there's so many people that just... It's going to be like John Cena where mm-hmm. 10 years from now <laughs> they're going to be acting like they love John... I mean, I did that. I hated John Cena for years. A part of my defense for that is I wasn't watching during that time. Mm-hmm. But within two or three years of watching the product again, I was like, wait, this guy's actually really good, and what he does really matters more than anything else, and there's a reason why he's in this position. And the the U.S. Open Championship... uh, Challenge? Challenge that he had. Um, That's going to be the theme set. We're all going to help each other at work. Yeah, those matches were great every week. They showcased somebody new every week who didn't always get time. I think the three of us always make claim that that open challenge definitely will put them over for all of us. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a case where people just hate him because they hate him, and in 10 years they'll they'll appreciate him. Alo? Did any of you guys see the report about how Paul Heyman supposedly scripting Roman? No, I didn't see that. Did not see yeah, that. there was a report. But it's that, smart if that's the case. Yeah, th- 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 yeah. <laughs> finally they do something right with the yeah. guy. <laughs> how, how, how deep are we getting? Where are we starting? Are we going to go right into Paul Heyman or? Well, I mean, the, the next thing I have in my notes is just Roman Brock Heyman interview. Okay. So, okay. So I, I want to chime in one one note on Roman real quick, mm-hmm. and I'll just say this: and I got early in the year uh, my stones busted for you know burying Aaron and prep for 
being o- overly Roman friends. I almost <laughs> yeah. thought it was just just a gimmick, but oh, yeah. if, oh, so if, if were, anything, oh, so you were you were really serious about burying me in Roman? <laughs> no, I mean that's how you guys took it. I, I will say one thing. Um, I don't overly think, and I, I didn't watch anything when Bobby Lashley was first in WWE. I didn't watch any of his TNA stuff. Seen a little highlights of a few of his matches here and there. I know the man's not necessarily good on the mic, but he definitely can go in the ring. Um, for the listeners, I haven't been here since, what was the past pay-per-view? Extreme Rules. Um, I did not watch the show, so I don't know about Bobby Lashley and Roman's match. But their match on Raw made me like Bobby Lashley. And it was it was a great match, and it's one of those... It's another one of those matches you take away and you can say Roman made someone. And I mean, you can talk about whether it be the other members of the Shield, AJ Styles, these people that go on and do interviews and say how much they like working with Roman Reigns. And then you got Jericho who's been there from his, in the business from his three mm-hmm. decades. And he's still, <clears throat> while he's been with Japan for eight months, he's still making claims. Give me a match with Roman. I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, the only thing, the only thing I have left to say about Roman is, and this is even so much about Roman, I thoroughly enjoyed the Raw match with Baron Corbin. <laughs> Not even so much saying it was a great match, but like it was such a satisfying opponent for him. You know what it, it called to mind for me? It called to mind uh, Vince sicking the big boss man on Stone Cold. <laughs> like that was like the level. Not. You know it's not going to be a great match. It's not a guy that you think has any chance of beating Austin, but you're just so satisfied seeing Austin beat him up, and that's what it felt like to me. Is that like a good comparison? That's solid comparison. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> that's what it felt like to he, me. Even, like just, even though Kurt didn't sink Baron Corbin already. Right, yeah. but it's like just the guy he it was knows. The, it not, was the opposite. Yeah, like you know he's not going to beat Roman, but it's just satisfying to see Roman beat him. Um, you know what? Um, on and off, you know, we, we changed our mind on... Corbin when he first arrived in NXT and I think he kind of grew on people and then he got to the main roster and I think the people he grew on changed their mind right I'm guilty of that we always talked about how it was how entertaining it was for um, to watch Kane go out there and wrestle in, in slacks and dress shoes you gotta give it to Corbin he was out there for almost 20 minutes and put, put on a, a decent match in slacks and dress shoes yeah. that's the thing that I just this is the best thing they've done with him yeah we've talked about that like Wrestling in slacks will always get a pop out of me. I think it's the funniest thing. Yeah, I'm not just talking about for the pop, but I just... It's amazing how you take him out of wrestling gear, and he's almost so much better. It's because they're not... It's partially the hair being gone. I think the whole look that people got tired of is, like, he's a different guy now. And, like, the character he's playing, I think, is kind of funny. And I think it makes you appreciate what he does in the ring more. Yeah, and also definitely with that character, I mean, the past two weeks, Roman smacking him around, especially like during even the backstage segments, that's something you could... I mean, I thought when you were going to talk about the big boss man comparison, what I was thinking, especially, it is that Austin role, Austin beating up someone in the authority. The way I look at it is... I, I don't even want to give him that much credit, but like WWE is really putting Roman where... He's the fan. Like, a fan should be looking at... The people that hate Roman, if they're listening to this, put yourself in his shoes. I would assume they don't. Technically, (laughs) technically, Constable Corbin's supposed to be an authority figure, some type of a boss, not the boss, but a boss. You figure one of your managers or some superior at your job that the average, you know, um, blue-collar citizen that is a wrestling fan Mm -hmm. has, he's out there kicking, kicking their boss's ass. Yeah. So that is kind of what Austin did, and that that is the good thing about seeing that those segments in the back or a match go on between the two. Yeah, it's it's funny, and it's not Roman. It's not them trying to make Roman funny. It's funny because it's just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as far as Heyman, it's a shame that he's been wasted all this time on Brock because his performance in that interview was incredible. The tears, the the borderline blubbering, and. That just makes me feel like Heyman has to play a role in whatever happens at SummerSlam. Like, that has to be important. Did you see the extended footage of this on .com? I, I haven't I got to watch it. Nothing really happened, <clears throat> but what he but as Heyman was leaving, he, before he got up, he said, but. And then Renee was like, but what? And he just got up and left. And that was like kind of like the cliffhanger, but they didn't show on 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 Raw at all. So it was like, eh, that might be something. But like, I don't want Heyman to be like Roman's advocate now. No. So 
But I do think if you're going to pl- place that on Raw and make a big deal out of it, it has to play a part in that match. Like, it has to be a part of it. So since you're going to say you don't want him to be Roman's advocate, and let's not even look at it like the possibility of Roman being a heel. Mul- multiple ways to look at it. There's the chance of... I, I'll look at it for the three most obvious ways. And if there's a fourth, please point it out. There's the chance of him going with Roman. Not very likely. There's the chance... During the match, after the match, he comes out with Strowman. There's also the chance this is playing every fan out there, and him and Brock are still okay, and he's going to help Brock win. Right. Is there a fourth that I'm missing that's someone that he possibly could be going with? So I'm not going to say, because that was one of my thoughts, is like he gets a new client, and his new client comes out with him to screw screw Brock over. A non-Paul thing, which maybe Paul could be involved in it. What if this is how Ambrose comes back? I would love that. The opposite, and we get what? like the like me hating his what happened in his WrestleMania match with Brock so much. Like, what if this is like unfinished business for Dean? Like, he finally got over on Brock. In this, I'm not saying it's what they're gonna do, but there were, was a report, I believe, like between last week last week's show and this week, that there's Ambrose is on the verge of returning. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like that'd be a good place to put him. I think it would be great, but I'm sure he's <laughs> going to get shoved in that IC seat. Probably. The, the other idea I was thinking, mm-hmm. and this is kind of like my dark horse idea, which would be the fourth option. Um, obviously, I was just putting over, and this is kind of why I went that direction. I was just point, pointing over how good in the ring Roman made Bobby look. Bobby's obviously has no right to have a microphone in his hand. Paul could be that perfect mouthpiece for him. And then if Brock does get one more match before going to UFC, which he may or may not, that that way you could get that. Bobby Lashley could come out, and that helps screw Brock, and Paul's with him, and then you get that non-title feud. Right. Yeah, that was another thought I had. Like, if he's going to get a client, is it just going to be Bobby Lashley? Well, move over Denzel, because... Um... <laughs> Paul, that that was excellent. <laughs> Just the person, like the way he, like you said, the tears, the hesitation, bloodshot eyes, bloodshot red, and just him when Renee backed off and he did like the wave, like your job, Renee. So good, but stubble on his triple neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, like I, lo- I love the way that he kind of like talked about his personal connection with Brock. Talk about. Their families are together, and Brock doesn't want to. Brock never brings people around his family. He's like, he's my friend. But I, I loved all that. But you guys talking about Paul being with somebody. I don't want to see Paul hanging with anybody anymore. Because I was thinking about this all day. And to a certain point, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm wording this correctly, but in a lot of aspects, I think Paul Heyman is really overrated. Especially how he is with Brock. Because everybody looks at ECW for it, for it being this this great thing and all, but at the same time, Paul didn't give a damn what happened in ECW. He was getting funded from WWE, so he didn't really give a damn. So he was kind of like, help. also, his guys go to WWE too, so he was kind of like the feeder system for WWE to an extent. But I could also say Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar is completely overrated too, which it really is because he doesn't, Brock's been back for uh, about seven years now. He's done the same thing every time he's come back on television. It ran its course. But at the same time, Any interest that was ever garnered on Brock when he came back was due to Paul speaking. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't always garnered to Paul Heyman. Brock coming back was about Brock because everybody forgets when Brock for the last two after two thousand two, Brock wasn't really with Paul. Paul Brock was by himself. When when Brock redebuted, he came back by himself. It wasn't about Paul, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman came a week or a week or so later. He he redebuted with the the Cena feud without him, but then when he came back for Triple H, Paul was there. Yeah, Paul, the only thing he wasn't there for was when he got the Laurinaitis contract and I'm had not, the Cena. Yeah, match. but I'm not saying that. What I'm what I'm saying is that's literally two months out of a seven year comeback. No, You're saying he wasn't with him. He was with no, him. No, I I I said that. But what I'm saying is. With Brock and Paul, when Brock first came back, the appeal was Brock because people wanted to see Brock because he, he was in the video game that year and stuff. He was a D, the downloadable DLC. Nobody saw Brock or heard from Brock in WWE. It was a complete surprise. The, the focus was on Brock, but for seven years, Brock, Paul's done the same thing. And then 
it messes with the show, especially now, even when he was WWE champion. It mess it affects the show in such a negative way because it's holding the whole show back from actually potentially being good. That's the that's that's the problem. And we always waiting like Paul, like even when Brock wasn't on TV. Paul had Paul Heyman guys. He had Axel. He had Cesaro. Who else did he have? That was that was that it? I believe that was it. Yeah. And all he did was talk about Brock. And none of those lasted. And I just think Brock, Paul doesn't need to be on television as an on-air character. If he is, don't put him with anybody. Just let him be him. Let him bounce. Let him. Let him just bounce around backstage for a bit. Or just give, or just give it a break. I just don't think we need to see Paul Heyman anymore. Yeah, for a little my, while. My I still disagree. WrestleMania 30 and over. Anything Brock had to do, if anyone got interested, it was because of the promos Paul cut. No doubt about it. But that was that's my point. Again, that was five years ago. Five years ago till now. You do you care about Brock right now? I'm not saying me. I'm saying anyone <laughs> that does. My exact words Brock, were anyone Paul's, that does. Paul's cut the same promo for two years. And you still see when those crowds that are there, they still pop when he cuts those promos. There's but, no doubt about it. But if you're going to say his performance was good in that, that backstage Because segment, that was different. There's We've nothing that different. I mean, it's still going to be boring. Whatever happens, it's still going to be boring. This backstage segment this week, that was completely different than anything he ever done because it was, it was more personal than anything. Brock doesn't say words except for that shut up Paul thing. That was it. Yeah, that was five years ago. Yeah. But so. that, and that's my point. He, Paul Heyman's been doing the same thing So for if years. Paul wasn't with him, what would Brock be saying? Nothing. But the thing is, you don't have to sell Brock Lesnar. You do. Paul's no, you been don't. selling him. He's that you bad. You don't need to sell Brock Lesnar. <laughs> if you booked, if, if, if it was done, if, it, if Brock Lesnar coming back properly, was booked properly, you don't really have to sell Brock, Paul, Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman all the time. It should just be Brock Lesnar. Yeah, a, a couple things. To, to Eric's point about Paul selling Brock all this time, there was definitely a point where I, I've said on the show before, the only reason I like to see Brock is because it means I get to see Paul. And then I got to a point maybe like, Heading into WrestleMania this year, where I was like, you know what, I'm tired of Paul Heyman too. So, I, I agree with both of you in, in, to to a degree. Like, Paul kept any interest in Brock that I had for a little while, and then I just lost interest in Paul too. Exactly. I'm not. I'm um, not interested in either. Like, this is the way I look at it. Paul's getting all this fanfare from wrestlers of today and yesterday, or in social media, and how good his performance was. Was his performance good? Yes. The second time I rewatched it, did I enjoy it more? Yes. When I'm watching it on Raw, I'm like, so what? Because at the end of the day, I'm not saying I know definitively that he's going to screw Brock or that this is to swerve everyone, but I don't see there being an option th- like an option that I'm not seeing coming. That's why it's boring. Like, Was his performance good? Yes. But guess what? When he was burying Roman at the beginning of the year before Mania... His performance was good. Anytime Paul comes out there, his performance is good. Yeah, it's just that he's similar to what we it doesn't about ma- like like the way I look at it. Like, yeah, I don't I don't care about Brock, but at the same time, if Paul comes out there, if he's selling a match about Brock, or if he's selling Brock coming back to be on Raw and do a stupid segment for five minutes in two weeks, it's a good performance. His performance this past Monday was good, but do I care about it? No, because I don't expect nothing that I don't already predict. Like, I'm not saying definitively he's going to help Brock or screw him. It's going to be one of the two. It's not like, uh, unless he's going to pull a uh, rabbit out of a hat, which I don't see happening. No, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have grown tired of Paul. I really liked what they did on Monday, and I feel like it was good enough that that has to lead to what's going to happen at SummerSlam. It has to play a role. But, like, this depressed, like, Paul is, like, similar to what he did with, like, his stuff with Punk. That's also the thing that I don't like about it, because I feel like it's regurgitated. Yeah, cool, that was five five years ago, but at the same time, i already seen the upset Paul in recent years. It's wrestling. You've seen everything. <laughs> it's one thing to say I've seen something 10 years ago, another thing five years ago. I, Paul turned on punk. Exactly, but it's still the same shit he said. That's what I'm just saying. Like, So so what, should I love it, even though I've seen I it? Didn't, I didn't I'm say asking, you, should, I, should I have loved it? Though? I didn't say you should have loved it. What I'm, I'm explaining to you, my point of why I said Paul Heyman and Bro- Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar is a little just, bit overrated, put, I, and, and Brock doesn't need, Paul doesn't need to really be on I'm TV. I'm explaining to you why Paul's not overrated. 
because he sold Brock. Whether you like Brock or not, he sold Brock. Okay, for five but you years. even said yourself that at Rus- you even said yourself. For example, WrestleMania 30. Your example was probably example was WrestleMania 30. Leading to WrestleMania 30, and, and before he was supposed to title. Well, actually, that was before he won the title. That leading, that was new. That was when they were building Brock Lesnar as the beast. That was the, the that was the road to SummerSlam. We destroyed Cena when Brock was actually interesting at that point. But what I, my point is, that was four years ago. It's a whole different thing now. Brock, they they turned Brock into something yes, else. Twenty fourteen, early twenty fifteen, he was interesting. Y- and y- y- yeah, and my okay, and my point is, I'm talking about it's two thousand eighteen now. Two thousand eighteen, you're over him now, but there are still people that I'm telling you that, that you're not you're not hearing no, what I'm you know, saying. I'm hearing what you're saying, but what you're not. Li- I'm I'm hearing what you're saying. I understand the entire the entire. I'm not I'm not the voice of everybody. But what I'm saying is, I'm giving you a, a pri- I'm giving you a point of why I just feel that he doesn't need to be on television anymore. But if they keep him on, it'll be better than what it is without him. We don't know that. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see if he's still in WWE after SummerSlam. He may ride off into the sunset, like he mentioned in his interview. He may. Um, Seth Rollins still having issues with Drew Galloway and Dolph Ziggler. Is there any chance that Kurt will send the three of these guys to counseling? <laughs> like just how, to get how these matches? Uh, I don't even remember. Because it was like going to a commercial. I ran upstairs and I'm thinking there might be something good happening here. I was upstairs for what I thought was four minutes. I come back and there's a tag match on TV. Yeah, unfortunately Roman didn't get the tag with Seth because Seen that was doing all this. Obviously stuff. Dean didn't come back. Jason Jordan didn't come back. Did Seth win? Did he lose? Lost. He lost. Okay. Or it at least ended with Dolph Ziggler's music playing. Okay. Um, I loved Kurt. When Roman punched Corbin in the ribs that he injured in the match with Roman earlier in the night, how much Kurt loved it that he did it. But this is, like, another thing that I feel like has just kind of stalled out. It just has been sitting where it is for for weeks. Um, and it's a shame because all three of these guys are actually good, and I feel like they could be doing a lot more with it. Is anybody happy with where this is right now? I, I was pissed. I came back downstairs, and there was a different match going on. I'm excited because I love your idea more than what I predict happening. Uh, I assume Dean Ambrose is going to show up for the go-home or he's going to help Seth win the IC title. Well, even the odds for Seth. The other thing I could see happening, Dean comes back and this becomes a fatal four-way. Okay. I can see that. Halo because at this point, they're not giving Drew McIntyre uh, a match. They're keeping him as just the Diesel role. Uh, <laughs> I think he does want to be in a match, so I wouldn't be surprised if we do get a Fatal 4-Way. I would rather Dean get like the surprise return, something like SummerSlam, but those are the two ways I see it playing out. Yeah, Halo, are you happy with it or not really? I don't know what's going on, because <laughs> Seth's thing, this whole thing, he has to neutralize Galloway, and... He's not doing any part. He's not doing anything about that. And there was a report saying they were making a ladder match or whatever, which you did predict, so he could be the real Shawn Michaels yeah. or whatever. But I don't. I don't care anymore because this. I, I don't know what they're going to do. What they just the smart thing would be like Seth. Like, hey, why don't you just throw Galloway in the match? I don't got to worry about him anyway. It could be a triple threat. But I don't know if they'll book two triple threat matches on the card. That's how I see. That's how I see it. But that's the only way you can kind of. Like, keep an eye on Galloway's if you actually involved in the match. Right. I'm drawing a blank. What's the other triple threat right now? Women's title. Oh, yeah. yeah SmackDown. Um, yeah, I'm not super excited for it. I do think whatever they do for the match, I think it'll be a good match. But story-wise, I'm, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm not I'm excited sure it'll be a good it. match. The one thing I do regret about not watching um, Extreme Rules was the awesome fact that the IC title main evented. But sad to hear the crowd didn't treat it so great. No, they did not. Say that's what they want, and then they still act yeah. the way they act. Uh, it was funny. I did see a good meme that it was like four things. Um, tell the fans what you want. And it was like three things that they gave Seth. Like, I think it was like the IC title. It was the main event. It was something else. But you cheered Beach Balls. You did this. You did no, that. No, it was a universal title match. Universal match. title. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people were just idiots throughout Dude, that, that match. Thing. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. This is a bit of a cool down this week. We got an AJ promo where he talked a lot about them knowing each other in real life. And we just saw Joe laughing backstage. I thought this was like a good choice because then we get fireworks next week for the go home. 
but not a whole lot to talk about there. I am very much looking forward to this match, though. I think this is going to far it's surpass... probably going to be on the pre-show. <laughs> Could you imagine they put the WWE Championship match on the pre-show? The way they treat SmackDown, I'd not be surprised at all. I expect this to be way better than anything we got from AJ and Nakamura. Of course. You guys agree? Of course. Figured. Um, you guys want to talk about the women's division for a little bit? Hmm. Uh, which one? The Raw one? Talk about all of it in, in one shot. SmackDown, Carmella is doing her thing. She's carrying that damn show. I mean, she's making that show more... Uh, I mean, I feel like the Smackdown, SmackDown-wise, the women's division and Daniel Bryan and, and Miz are the focal point and not the WWE Championship. It's like that thing's theirs on the show. You, you'll probably see it in the dark match if you go live. <laughs> yeah, I like what Carmella has done as the champion. I She's actually, great. last week, I was very disappointed about Charlotte being a part of what I wanted to be, like, Becky's moment. But, as Alo mentioned last week, I actually like it more now because they actually are telling the story of that Becky is, like, resentful of it, which I like. I liked that they were still being friendly, but you could clearly tell Becky was not very happy. Doing her best to make the best of the situation, but after their tag match ended, Becky basically said, yeah, we were good as a team, but now, on Sunday, we're not going to be doing that. We both want the same thing. So I like that they're doing that. I'd rather see Charlotte be the heel, just because I like her better as a heel, but we've, ne- we've never seen that from Becky on the main roster, so maybe it's time. Yeah, because Becky, Becky would have more of a point. Yeah, she definitely would. Uh, and the we got a boring chant for the Iconics. Was this Heat, or was this people just not really liking them? A lot of people don't like them. I don't know how you don't. <laughs> I don't know how you don't like them. <laughs> Like they they're they're funny, they're entertaining, they're different. A lot of people, a lot even on social media, a lot of people on Twitter they always just say I'm tired of them, and they're they talking about their accents and stuff. But they're heels. That's the point. They're supposed to annoy you. Uh, who's most likely to be the champion coming out of SummerSlam? Oh, SmackDown Moose title. I'm picking Carmella. Carmella. So you think she retains and she's the champion heading into? Not uh, heading. Not heading into Evolution. So you think she loses it between SummerSlam mm-hmm. and Evolution. Um, Ronda's Raw debut <laughs> wasn't quite what I had hoped for, but same basic point. I thought it should be over immediately. They should make a big build-up about Alicia Fox and then have it be over immediately. It wasn't, but it was a very one-sided match. I And you do have to love WWE feeling the need to tell us everything that the outside world has said about Ronda Rousey. <laughs> You already have us. We're the idiots watching this on Monday night. You don't. You don't need to sell us on the fact that you're something worth watching. You need to convince people who aren't already watching. What were you gonna say? So I enjoyed that it did go a little longer. But is there ever anything? And, and again, the majority that does watch this programming on Monday night knows that it's scripted. But is there ever anything that can show? This person's not going to win their match more than them not coming out to their own music. It's pretty good telltale sign. I, I just want to say, like... Yeah, or yeah, you go to commercial and you come back and they're already in the ring, you're probably not going to win the match. <laughs> or when the person that's with you is overshadowing you completely. The, the segment Alicia Fox got ended up being more about Alexa Bliss than Alicia Fox. Of course, I do love Alexa Bliss as an opponent for Ronda Rousey, though. Mm. Her being able to just sell how terrified she is. She still keeps her mouth running, but the fact that ultimately she's terrified how great, I think is good. How great was Alexa giving Alicia Fox's career highlights and stuff? And then yeah. I'm, I'm glad she bought the Captain jacket. <laughs> Me too. I, I just think she just needs to be known as Captain Fox, not even Alicia Fox. I anymore. think so too. I love that Foxy even mentioned, was she the captain of the Raw team at Survivor Series? And, and Charlie brought well, Ronda wasn't like through the mic off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciated that, but Ronda's debut was about what we expected. Sasha and Bailey uh, already have now lost a match. I really don't like the Riot Squad at all. I like Ruby Riot. I love Liv Morgan. She is. I'm just. I don't really. I'm not really that into to Ruby Riot either. And why are they losing already? It was a put over the return of Ruby Riot because she Ruby Riot makes that. What do you group. mean? Why is the 
Boston Hug connection. Because of yeah, but I mean to bring back Ruby Riot. But who really cares about Ruby Riot? If you, if you look at who the who the the main people, it's the numbers are, game. Yeah, but if you look at who the main people are on this roster, Ruby Riot is on the back end of it. I I think the the people who like who love NXT or the people who care that she was in the indies love her. But I think the I just I don't think people really care that much about her. Am, am I am I not seeing something? I think she's good, but I don't. Am I? No am I, I could be remembering it wrong. So the, somebody can bury me if that's the case. Wasn't her championship match against Charlotte like a botch fest? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember it. That, but I don't remember it at all, to be honest. I remember it. That was a good match. Yeah, I think she's good in the ring. It. I just, mm-hmm. of course, you loved it. <laughs> it was a good match. You said, of course, you loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't care about the return of Ruby Riot. I saw the hoodie and I was like, oh, cool. She's back. Thought a co- cameraman got yeah, crazy. And, <laughs> and if you lose, you might as well lose to a numbers game. So it's. But also with this all women's event, they do got to make all of these women seem important. I feel like they have time to to do that. If and maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I'm just looking at it the whole wrong way. I looked at it like last week. I really got invested in. Oh, they're making them a legitimate tag team. And then well, they are. They got a shirt now. They do. But I'm like, uh, they they've lost already. James Elzer thought you were gonna <laughs> uh, throw your merch purchasing hiatus to the side. <laughs> We know who can do it. <laughs> well, I definitely would have bought a new James Ellsworth shirt. If is that shirt available? Still, the, the Ellsworth, probably no, ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think it ever went on a WWE shop, did it? Yeah, I don't think he was there long enough, and I don't think they planned on having him there long enough. I don't, I don't think, think he was, he was ever on a contract. He was, he was, he was on a contract. Yeah, it just bothered me that they lost already. I felt like you could build momentum with this. You let everything to this. You might as well take advantage of it. And I guess this ultimately just leads to them having a match with Ruby and. Sarah Logan at SummerSlam probably, but I just didn't want to see them lose already. Well, that'll make the main show WWE Championship on the pre-show. <laughs> it, it definitely, it, I don't know. I, I would assume they'd put those two on the main show. Uh, I'm trying to think anything else with the women. I don't like that Zelina Vega and Andrade have now just become like characters in the Lana Rusev Aiden English story. They should be the characters in their own story. So that bothers me a little bit. But it was cool to see Zelina get to wrestle two weeks in a row. The same match. The same match, yes. But I thought that was going to be the one and only time we might see her wrestling for a while. And we saw it again really quick. Was there any reason for it, though? What? There's no the need. Match? Yeah. Well, they, they were trying to tell the story of, like, because Ru- remember last week, Rusev was not at ringside. And Lana made a big deal saying, I need you out there. Because Aiden kind of cost her the match, allegedly. But... Rusev being out there made it a little bit different because he was actually in Lana's corner this year. Now, I'm I think they'll and, and they'll just end up having a mixed tag either next week on SmackDown or at the pay per view pre show. Oh, you think they're gonna have a match at SummerSlam? A mix. Um, I think I think it's gonna lead to a mixed tag because because Andrade beat Rusev two weeks ago, Zelina beat Lana the last two weeks, and now they so called made up with Aiden, but then Aiden messed them up again. So you'll get we'll see. Maybe you'll get the mixed tag next week. Yeah, writing's on the wall for Aiden English, though. Yeah. His his time with those two is going to be short-lived from here on out. Um, The Kevin Owens show (laughs) with Jinder Mahal praising Jinder for being the reason why he's thought I was at work. Omar and Beast chatting (laughs) it up. (laughs) That's so funny. That's... I, I can see why that would give you a flashback to work. Has anybody flipped over a stage that Omar and Bees were sitting on? I'm about to. <laughs> I assumed Braun was going to do something. I didn't expect him to flip the stage. I should have known based on the fact that those shows are usually in the ring, and this <laughs> took place on a special stage. Um, and I have to say, Jinder now has beaten Braun back-to-back weeks without actually having to beat him. So they are leading us in that direction. And seeing Owens try to run <laughs> off with the briefcase is exactly why I wanted to have the briefcase. That encapsulated exactly why I think he's perfect to carry the briefcase. Do you guys feel like it's going to be KO's briefcase on August 20th? If, if uh, I want it to be, because that's the, that's the better story you could tell, but... 
I don't know because he's got the upper, upper hand on Braun in, to an extent for the last couple weeks. He has. I know you want KO to have the briefcase. Does I, your gut tell you he will have the briefcase? My gut tells me it's too good for us. Tell I'm feeling too, but I, I still want it to happen. Of course, I want it to happen. I, I and again, CK and Joe Rodermill made the claim. I believe you guys <laughs> both made the claim. Kevin Owens is the character that deserves the briefcase and to taunt us. No, we don't need to be taunted. He needs that briefcase. He needs to cash it in that night. Dream scenario. That would but be perfect. Give him his belt back. I would love it if that happened. I just, every week that goes by, I feel less and less confident that it's going to happen. It's not, but that would be the best thing they could do. Yeah. Um, the Elias documentary. <laughs> I love that Elias is having his own documentary. I've enjoyed that aspect of it. But Bob is is not thriving in this role at all. He basically lost any momentum that he got with Roman, I feel like. They put him in the wrong situation because he has to talk too much. And he he it feels to me like he's uncomfortable when they he's out there with the They only put him in feuds that he's talking in. He just can't go out there and just have some matches. Right. It would be better if if him being a big, imposing, physical specimen was what you were selling. He doesn't need to be out there trying to be funny, trying to goof around. For everybody who didn't like Roman doing that stuff, Bob is ten times worse than Roman was at it. Mm-hmm. He can't do it at all. Yeah, he gets cheered. Yeah, he's so stiff and like it's just uncomfortable looking. Yeah, I don't know. To me, that undermines the whole case against Roman. If you're out there cool with what Bob Lashley is doing, you have nothing. You should have nothing bad to say about Roman because he's been he's been better like in every way compared to Bob. I didn't necessarily like Bob during the Roman feud, but I was like, oh, this is working, and this thing with Elias is absolutely not. Does he have a good match with Elias even at SummerSlam? Because I don't know that those two guys have I don't know a good if that's match work. together. Elias, he's he shown he can work with anybody, but like you said, I'm kind of like, eh. Well, Bob has the background of being a world champion elsewhere, MMA history. Uh, Elias is getting a documentary, <laughs> so you know what that means. This makes the main card WWE Championship on the pre-show. <laughs> this will definitely be on the main card. They're not going to put Elias not on the main card. And Bob, they who they seem to love, will not be outside He's of the main card. He's got a stellar card. career outside of the A, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe my favorite thing on weekly programming, R-Truth calling out Shinsuke <laughs> I knew. See, I've been waiting for you to get to that. <laughs> that was the best thing on SmackDown. I could not have been happier. One, just the gall to just walk up to Shinsuke Nakamura and say, I want to match with you at SummerSlam for the United <laughs> States Championship. Excellent. When Shinsuke asks, well, how are you going to do that? Oh, like everybody else, I'm just going to pin Carmella. <laughs> Again, perfect scripting. Uh, when Shinsuke talked to him in Japanese and he reacted to it and Ty asked him, what did he say? He said, I can't repeat it on TV. And the match with Carmella is off. I want to match with Shinsuke tonight. <laughs> Beautifully pulled off. Talk about a great backstage interview. That was excellent. And then the match, first of all, I think, remember when uh, AJ got signed and they talked about him in WWE was going to be a series of dream matches? He was going to get Orton. He was going to get Jericho. He was going to get Roman and Cena and all these guys. We're now at the stage with Ron Killings, where he's going through his dream matches. <laughs> he had he had Samoa Joe last week. He got Shinsuke Nakamura this week. I don't know who he's going to get next. Maybe he'll be the one that brings <laughs> Kenny Omega to WWE next week. Him and Joe happened before. <laughs> uh, in WWE? No, nah, probably TNA. Okay. I love that they build this. This is the first time these two have had a match together on SmackDown. As if anybody cared whether R-Truth and Shinsuke Nakamura had ever shared the ring. Um... And this is to me. This is the best Nakamura match in two years. So I was like, I've been, <laughs> so spoiler. I didn't watch any of SmackDown, not even a minute. Okay. I saw enough of it on social media. I saw that backstage promo probably twenty times because that was hilarious <laughs> with the Carmella line. It was almost, like 
I had every thought that could possibly run through your head. I was like, man, that's borderline inappropriate. Wait a minute. Oh, he meant pinned by like a match, one, two, three. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I was just entertained. But then I watched like gifts and I watched a couple clips on Instagram for the match. I'm like, geez, this match seems better than. And I'm a fan of Andrade Cien Almas, but I was like, this match looks like it's been better than his SmackDown matches. <laughs> it was good. Our Truth can actually wrestle. Yeah. Um,. And people don't that, realize that, that. He was out there cooking. His entrance is still over. People like <laughs> his entrance. I don't care what anybody Especially says. Especially in Delco. And another one of my favorite little pieces of it is Ty Dillinger out there with him, who clearly has counseled him on how to do this. He probably said, so there was a point where Ty said, when he said, I'm going to pin Carmelo like everybody else who gets a title match. He says you can't say that. Ty, no, he says, no, that's not how this works. Uh, and he put his hand up. And pointed at Nakamura, like, you have to pin the actual champion. And the way Truth reacts to it is, come on, I'm not going to get in the ring with Renee. Like, he's thinking <laughs> he's pointing at Renee. But it, the way now I look at it is Ty told him, like, you have to pin the champion. Like, see what Becky did to get a title match? See what Charlotte did to get a title match? And he said, oh, yeah, I don't have to pin the U.S. champion. I have to pin Carmella to get this title match. Like, he's just not smart enough to... To put together, I have to actually pin the guy who has the championship. Uh, I thought the segment was great. I thought the match was fun. I love that he's actually gotten a chance to, to be on TV the last it couple It made weeks. sense to Aaron. He's like, he probably does have to pin Carmella. <laughs> I mean, that would be funny, too, if we got a Carmella-Ron Killings match. I'm all for that. I would, I would love that. I think that'd be great. Um, if they make it to Lucha Underground, it'll happen. It will. Uh, the New Day beats The Bar to get a title match How at was SummerSlam. This match? I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was a, a few segments long. The crowd seemed into it. Um, what happened to Big E's push that he was supposed to get? <laughs> no, that was us dreaming. I felt like that was something that was going to happen, and it just has never materialized. That was a report for a month. Listen, Big E's push is proof that Kevin Owens will not be winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's gonna, really going to bother me if he doesn't. I just feel like it's so perfect to have him do it well, without it, actually even winning the match. It would have been perfect to put a world title on Big E for the past three years, but too good for us. Do we think that that is just not going to happen, or do we think it will happen at the quote-unquote right time? No, it's not going to happen anymore. It's disappointing. Um... The last do the New Day become five-time uh, five tag champs? Yeah, do you think they have a chance of winning this? I mean, I, have they done anything with the Bludgeon Brothers to keep the titles I on them? I hate the Bludgeon Brothers. I absolutely hate them. As the Bludgeon Brothers, I hate them. Luke Harper by himself, great. Put them as a wide family, great. This thing is terrible. It just hasn't amounted to anything. Put them on TV. I, my TV's not on. There's a fast forward going on, and I'm checking out for the night. There's nothing. There's nothing going on in any tag team division. Said they lost faith in tag teams months ago. It's clearly noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both shows are screwed. And what happened? So uh, the Good Brothers didn't even make this tournament. I don't even know. Mm, did they? No, I don't think so. Um, there's only four teams. I mean, the best thing I hope. I hope they. Put the belts on the New Day, and then we get a feud with them and the Good Brothers, make something that maybe you'll actually care about. But, I mean, Bludgeon Brothers go out there. I don't care who you put them in the ring against. I mean, they're completely wasting sanity. I, I, I just – cool, it's good wrestling, but there's, there's no story to sink your teeth in. Yeah, I just don't really care about it, and I don't know what's going to happen. That will change that. So you might as well just put it back on the New Day because at least people are into them. I just don't see anybody really caring too much about the Bludgeon Brothers. No reason for them to have a dominant title reign when nobody cares about it. Uh, and the last thing in my notes, uh, Miz and Daniel Bryan, obviously. First of all, why is Byron Saxton getting involved in this? Corey Graves said that. <laughs> He's just not needed. There's no reason to have to have Byron Saxton waste even a minute of airtime that you could have between Miz and Daniel Bryan. Um, I did think the Miz did a good job in the interview. Like, he obviously hit on all the points he needed to. Daniel Bryan attacks him on the set of Miz and Misses. And I just feel like the Miz has to win this match. Really? I do. I, what are they gaining with Daniel Bryan at this point? I feel like they've kind of lost all the momentum. I feel like Miz is kind of the company guy. You know what I feel like? I feel like 
H and Stephanie when Daniel Bryan was on the road to WrestleMania 30, where I'm like, Miz is is your uh, like A plus player, and Daniel Bryan is the B plus player. Like that's how I feel right now. The Miz matters more. The Miz is a bigger character on the shows. He's the bigger character out in the real world. And to me, no no pun intended, actually. Uh, but to me, I feel like The Miz is just a bigger deal than Daniel Bryan at this point. That, Wrestling fans might love Daniel Bryan more, but as far as what the WWE is as a product, The Miz is just more significant at this point. Yeah, well, the promo that he cut this week, I really did enjoy it. And the more and more Miz cuts promos like this, this kind of like build sympathy for Daniel Bryan because we were talking about the Hell of Yes movement was dead, yeah. or dead and stuff because it really is but even though it's not for a title if the Miz continued to run Miz been running down Daniel Bryan for two years and going back to when he was his pro in NXT so if the Miz keeps running down Daniel Bryan to the point where you can actually get, garner some kind of sympathy for him especially like during the match because I think during the match you'll finally get you'll see Miz use Brian's moves on him. Like, he'll use the it kicks, the yeah. kicks in the corner and stuff like that. I think the story in that match will actually make up for what's miss- for what's been missing with Daniel Bryan because I think the moment of Bryan hitting, hitting the running knee or have him tap out will actually be a, a big moment because Bryan has been building up to this for years. And, like you said, it'll give Bryan the rub because Miz is the be- their best heel. And, like you said, he is their A-plus player. Yeah, now, did either of you see the interview he did on E? No. Where he did, like, basically an in-character interview on him and Daniel Bryan in this match at SummerSlam. And I love that he has really played up the idea of, like, I don't even care about this guy. This guy is obsessed with me, and he won't let this go. And he, you know, I love that he played that up because it almost mirrors, like, the way Eagles fans felt before they won a Super Bowl. Where it was like in the NFC East, you have the Giants won multiple Super Bowls. Cowboys won multiple Super Bowls and were America's team. Washington Redskins, multiple Super Bowls, and the Eagles had nothing. And any argument that an Eagles fan got in with fans of those other teams, oh, how many rings do you have? Or the Cowboys rivalry. It's like, we're America's team and you're just the Eagles. And the fact that the Cowboys considered their main rival to be the Washington Redskins and it's like the Eagles fans only care about the Cowboys, or they care about the Cowboys more than anything else, and the Cowboys fans are like, nah, whatever. That, I feel like, is so much more irritating than a real rivalry like Yankees-Red Sox where you guys battle it out. And I love that that's how Miz has portrayed this. Like, you're just obsessed with me. I don't really care about you. I don't need to do this with you. I'm so far past you right now. I love that aspect of the story. And what do you think? Do you... You don't think the Miz should win, I'm sure. <laughs> no. I, no, I didn't know, but, I mean, obviously. I mean, it's one of those things, and I, I, I hate to give it the credit, like, I don't think this deserves the WWE Championship, but it definitely needed the IC title, and then it makes me think, all right, this match happens, and I think it, we almost get what they, we got going on in NXT where maybe we'll get this match once or twice, and then a title comes into the picture. I just feel like right now it's just so far past. It's like, well, like, what, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I I'll think be, both guys are I'll doing good work. I anticipate, because Daniel Bryan can work, I, I'm sure it'll be a decent match. I know AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, I'm going to go all over the place. I know they both can work, so I know they're going to have a good match. Um, nothing really going on SmackDown do I care about at all. That's why I don't even like watch the show. I force myself to watch three hours of Raw. SmackDown, I don't like. It's DVR for the past multiple months on my TV, and I don't think I've watched a full episode in months. Well, you definitely know don't need to watch full episodes really of either show. There's yeah, but I've been like every other week. I haven't even watched a minute. That's like where I know like they're doing something completely wrong. I mean, they're again the focal point which we've been saying for years and years and years, should be on the title of each show. They don't have that going on with the WWE Championship. I mean, again, I didn't watch SmackDown, but did that, uh, judging by the time slots on social media when they post stuff, did AJ and Joe stuff end the show? No. Did it start the show? Mm-mm. Was it randomly somewhere in the middle? Yes. That's weird. It might have been like the, the turnover between hour one and two, but I don't know if that's where it was. Still weird for like the championship. Randy Orton opened the show again. 
Now, who's turning on SmackDown, hearing voices come on the TV and be like, yes, I'm glad I made the decision to watch this show. See, so this is where, like, maybe I'll eat my words because I didn't watch it. Like, and I'm maybe you're the wrong person to ask, so I'm going to ask I'm Aaron. definitely the wrong I'm, person I'm going to ask Aaron first. Was whatever he did out there, was it decent? Was it bad? I've been saying for weeks, it's delivered properly, but I just don't care because he's talking about coming after your fan favorites and because your superheroes and people you love. I'm like, if this was a younger guy mm-hmm. or younger talent, I'd be all for this. But Jeff Hardy's 40. <laughs> so the way I look at it, and th- that's a solid point, the way I look at it, the week prior, the best thing that happened during SmackDown, two-hour show, was Randy Orton's promo. Yeah. Mm. And and this is not. Oh well, I I would say no only because I refuse to watch a second of Randy Orton ever again. Well, I'm I'm telling you, I mean my my humble opinion, I'm telling you without a doubt, there was nothing that happened on that show that was better. And I'll say without watching it, it sucked. <laughs> I'm gonna assume without watching two hours of SmackDown, it was his thing could have been the best, but I, again, I don't know. I didn't watch a second of it this. Yeah, week. I mean, I liked AJ's promo. I liked the stuff with. Uh, Carmella and Becky Lynch. Um, like, I assume, like, the stuff with, with Joe and AJ is good, but, like, the thing that kills me is, like, you just feel like Joe's it's not going to win deal. the title. It's going to be on the pre-show. It <laughs> might open the show. If it makes the main card, it'll be the first match. <laughs> like, that's just... Okay, so... And then they're already... What's AJ? He, he won the title last year in December? No, no, November. They, I think they said it was. A, it's been a nine-month title reign so far. Yeah, I, I think by SummerSlam we'll be at ten months. They're they're trying to make him. He's gonna bronk like Pete Dunne and Brock broke a championship length of CM Punk's, but AJ is about to break Punk's WWE championship reign. So you're gonna have to gargle for the next several months, knowing that the title's not gonna change and the feuds aren't gonna matter. That's annoying. It is. Uh, any thoughts on anything else before we get to listener questions? Anything else? Oh, ooh, wrestling. W- I don't care about anything. Oh, WWE. my God. That's terrible. <laughs> the best wrestling you're going to get isn't even coming out of that place. I just hate the whole culture around it so actually, much. I, oh, my God. I've been waiting to get, get to this. Then. All right, go ahead. So the solid point actually brought up. Good friends of the show. Mm-hmm. Joe Last Little Brothers mm-hmm. at FCA <laughs> okay. made a point that I completely forgot. So I, I either forgot that you mentioned this. Did you? So you went or, Orlando. You went to Mania. You went to NXT too. Mm-hmm. Did you? You made claim that you regret not going to Ring of Honor instead of NXT. We did at the time. Yes. I at did. the time, so you don't feel that way no more. I don't anymore because my hatred of those people. Uh, probably would have just happened sooner than it did. Because I think I thought it was WWE fans that I hated, and it was like, no, it's just smarky uh, wrestling fans that I hate. Smarky indie fans, or smarky wrestling fans at WWE shows. Yes, and I hate them in their element, too, at indie shows. Well, they're worse at indie shows to an extent. It's just like it's them sitting there trying to, to basically make the point of we're so great, we're so cool, for three hours or however, however long a show goes on. So, yes, at the time I felt that way. I think I thought, oh, if I got out of the WWE bubble, I would have enjoyed myself more. And then over the course of the past year, well, the, the next year, I was like, oh, no, those people would have been at that too. But, like, those, those, fans that. That, those fans killing you were always at WWE shows. I know, and that's why I won't go to any more WWE shows either. So, like, and to specifically, because it'll end up rubbing... Uh, just bearing House of Arcor. No Ring of Honor crowd has ever made you hate it. No, but I know they make me hate them now. I think my my. Feelings... I gotta play. I gotta play devil's advocate. How do you know if you haven't gone? Well, I did go to a Ring of Honor show in 2015, and I know it's just the same people. It, but you didn't hate it then. No, I didn't hate any of it then. That it's like that's my point. Is like at that time I was a lot more open and tolerant. And over the three years since then, I'm like, I hate all of this. I hate the culture around wrestling. I hate, like, the people involved. I hate that the main show that we watch, they don't put any effort forward. But I can't get into anything else because I just hate the people that go to the shows and watch the shows. Like, I just can't take it. 
So that's why, like, when I say I'm in a, t- a tough position, I don't want to defend WWE because they don't deserve to be offended, but I can't jump to the other side because, like, I hate all of you even more. Like, that's, that's the position where I'm in. Now, maybe, because I made it a point about three months ago to, like, take a little bit of a step back from wrestling. I'm not letting it take over my life anymore. I'm letting it be a hobby more so than this takes Just up most of my time. Maybe after a few months or, like, six months or maybe a year, maybe then I'll be, like, I've shaken off some of this stuff. But, like, right now it's too know. visceral for me to, to, like, let it go. I hope for your sake <laughs> you do. So, yes, I know I've made some contradictory statements in the past. I'm well aware I, I love, <laughs> of my past. I love that comment. I was like, wait a minute. Did you really say this? <laughs> I like, did really. No, and I really believed that. it when I said it. Yeah, Alo agreed with me. Yeah. I, I. But, again, that's something more special coming from the, the most hatred person. <laughs> the guy that acts like it doesn't even exist anywhere else from the multi-million dollar company that is putting out garbage on the <laughs> weekly. He wasn't at that point in his life yet. Yeah, I wasn't there yet. Uh, just so you know, there's, and again, it's, I won't even say wrestling. There's 20 minutes of better sports entertainment put on YouTube <laughs> by non-WWE once a week. That 20 minutes is better than the five hours you regurgitate. Yeah, now WWE might manufacture a combination of 20 minutes that might compete with it. But it takes five but it t- hours. It to takes get there. five hours to get there. That's that's the joke of it. Yes, um, I'm, I am glad that you brought that up though, because it was worth addressing on the show. Uh, do we have any listener questions this week? Yes, we have a question from the Godfather Joe Lafferty. Okay. All right. Nothing seems fresh to me. I'm not excited about SummerSlam. While it signifies the end of summer is near. I have such great memories of SummerSlam over the years. Which match or proposed match is going to steal the show? A brawl and cash-in is the only saving grace for me. For me, I'm very much looking forward to AJ and Samoa Joe. I just have high hopes for those two guys putting on a great match. I also am really holding out hope that Roman beats Brock finally. Mm-hmm. But I'd be equally happy if KO ends up with the briefcase. I wouldn't be equally happy if those two things happen. But if we get if we just have Brock not the champion at the end of the night, I would quote unquote go home happy. The way the show ends is definitely I assume should be the steal show um, the show stealer. I figure the IC title obviously has strong hopes to do that, but I gotta give it to I, I think I, as the least Roman fan here, I'm going to give it to Roman and Brock. That's going to steal the show. Someone's bound to happen. If, if not, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I hope it does steal the show. Brian and Miz, two years of storytelling. They'll culminate in that one match. So I'm going Brian and Miz. I'm excited for that too. That slipped my mind when I said it. It's a shame that SummerSlam like three years ago was being billed as like, okay, WrestleMania is the big show for the casual fans. And SummerSlam is like the big show for the hardcore fans. And it seems like that's not what it is anymore. It seems like so they've they've tried to make SummerSlam bigger than that and now they want to just appeal to the casual fans with SummerSlam too. Yeah, cuz yeah, cuz after they signed that whole 3-year Brooklyn deal which I believe ends this year and for that like they keep the whole weekend there just like just like WrestleMania and they make the money. They don't have to try. They don't. Yeah, the ratings don't matter to them. They only matter... They would only matter if it would affect their TV deal. Their TV deals are set for, what, five years? Mm -hmm. Starting in October of 2019. And even though their ratings are much lower, comparative to everything else on TV, they're still still one of the top three things in their time slot every week. Yeah, and like I said, WrestleMania made $14.5 million at the gate. Why you gotta change? Yeah, they don't. Um, and the, the last thing I will say is laugh. I definitely agree nothing feels all that fresh. A lot of it feels pretty stale. And it's probably going to feel that way for the foreseeable future. Um, ready for Stump Alo? Yes. Fresh is the big early sales at the Garden for a non-WWE <laughs> wrestling show. Yeah, what did I see? It was like 60% yeah. sold out already? So, yeah, and the, the tickets going to sell to Public Friday. 
That's pretty good. Um, and good for them. I want them, just gimmick aside, I want them to do well, especially in Madison Square Garden. Um, you going? All right. hmm? No, I'm not going. <laughs> I promise you I'm not going. All right, so Stump Alo this week at 2008 SummerSlam. Maria was on the poster, and Edge and Taker closed the show, totally ignoring both titles. Yep. Who fought in these heavyweight title matches, and what were the outcomes? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> the funny thing is, you were leaning forward in your chair, like really amping up for it, and as soon as the question finished, you slumped back like so relaxed. <laughs> it was Kali and H. Uh-huh. And Kali is probably best match he's had. <laughs> and Triple H won, of, okay. co- of course. And what I, think, well, I, well, what I would like to call the wasted years of mm-hmm. WWE, because they didn't really build anybody. Yeah. And CM Punk for JBL. Punk won. Very good. <laughs> you really did it. Once again, Alo could not be stumped. I, on... I, I think I can name the whole card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let me look it up on Wikipedia. And I will let you name the whole card. SummerSlam 2008. All right. I guess you can start now. All right. So I know the first match was Kofi and Mickey against Santino and Beth with both the IC and women's titles on the line. Mm-hmm. That actually wasn't the first match. It wasn't. Oh, Jeff, was Jeff Hardy versus MVP? Is that yes. The first match? Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's the first two. Okay. Um, John Cena for Batista for the first time ever. Yes. Um, Taker and Edge. Yes. And I already said Triple H, Kali. Mm-hmm. And I said... Um, Pumpkin Bradshaw. Pumpkin Bradshaw. I think that only leaves one more. Really? Yeah. There was... There, was, there were eight matches total, but one was like a pre-show match. So I have six I named six? So you named MVP Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. You named the the match with Kofi. Mm-hmm. You named Punk Bradshaw. You named Triple H Kali. You named Batista Cena. You named Undertaker Edge. So there's one more. And that's the main card. Main card. Yes. Hmm. You, if you blinked, you may have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 31 second match. Oh. Must have been a women's match. No. It wasn't. for a title. Was it? But not the U.S. title. Did you say what was it? I said for the, I said was it, it wasn't the U.S. It wasn't title. the U.S. title, but it was for a title. Women's title? They went, I think we're unified yet. Um, God, I think I thought I named one of the titles. One more. Tags? Oh! Um, what's the name? Duh. <laughs> 30, it was 31 seconds? 31 seconds, yeah. Oh, Matt Hardy and Mark Henry. Yes. <laughs> that was 31 seconds. Who was Mark Henry with? Tony Ellis. Okay. <laughs> so you now have successfully named the entire 2008 SummerSlam card. That was 31 seconds? Yes. Excellent work. Um, any final thoughts before I close it out? You watched my show, Ron? <laughs> I didn't yet, no. You will be the first to know when I when I dive into Chris Lee Knows Best. Um, and yes, if I had it to do all over again, I would still push Chris Lee, based on the, the question from Laugh last week. Would still bury Randy, and would still fire country music. Uh, Eck, any final thoughts? WWE is really boring. It's not exciting. It's definitely not exciting. It's definitely not good. And you're looking forward to... All in. 100%. Um, All right, well. I'm going to watch SummerSlam, though. I'm going to watch it. Unlike Extreme Rules, I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Good. I'm hoping to see a universal title change. I mean, it might be the first time you ever get... I mean, I already... Never mind. It's not. It might be the first time... It it won't be the first time we get a title change, but it might be the first time the WWE Championship is defended on a pre-show. 
It's kind of big when you think about it. I'll give I you mean, all the credit in the world if it is not on the main show. I may not shut up about it on the the review show. Like the next closest thing I think was like when the WWF Championship was defended on Sunday Night Heat. So I mean, <laughs> it wasn't before a pay per view, but it was still done. Yeah, I fully expect it still to be on the main show. But like I said, you will get a huge tip of the cap if it is on the pre-show. Uh, LeBron, you are still uninvited <laughs> to sit down and talk with me. Uh, LeBron's looking more forward to All In too. <laughs> Joel Embiid. Uh, I will be trusting the process, waiting for you to sit down with me when you get back in town. So the Joel invite... Embiid is a um, spend it now, make more later guy too. <laughs> is he really? Uh huh. Big Cody fan. It's it seems like Joel would be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the invitation is always open for you. Um, subscribe on iTunes, five star ratings and reviews. Alo, any interest in moving a little merch? What a maneuver on that to embrace the madness. All right, so that is the show for Ek2Fly, Eric Trambicki. Adios. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. Ladies are rumored to call him Balo, especially and at Victory on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> between the hours of 12 noon and 4 p.m. <laughs> when Eric is available. Yes. I am always available for Victory. <laughs> Not this past Sunday. Wasn't even in the state. I know, so you weren't. Well, available. listeners, yeah. we will see you next week. Yes, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop up the top rope, but the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.